Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Only people that don't get time off during this time of year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With the NFL bowl season and NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to the second odds, news, and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. As always, appreciate you being with us, making us one of the top-rated entertainment, media, and sports podcasts in the world. So this week, we uh, have an interesting topic. We're talking about um, mergers, and particularly this merger that's uh, potentially between Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount. And uh, we're going to break that down a little bit. So this is uh, episode 50 of season five. This will be, I believe, the last episode for 2023, although we might sneak one more in before the end of the year. But uh, we'll see. I hope that you had a, a wonderful holiday season and um, we will uh, jump into this. So if you might be questioning, you're saying, well, wait a second, didn't Warner Brothers just get into a um merger with discovery and you'd be right warner brothers and discovery recently had a merger uh which was a big one and then of course um this paramount discussion so recently what happened was the two ceos of the companies of warner brothers discovery and then of paramount got together and if this were to happen this merger would have come through uh this would um really be combining two of hollywood's and sports sort of uh, uh, sort of biggest empires. Um, obviously, Warner Brothers Discovery is not as big as, let's say, um, you know, Disney, or in the streaming sense, as big as uh, Netflix, or of course, um, Amazon being one of the bigger ones of all of them uh, in multiple uh, categories of business. And then Paramount being sort of a smaller studio, well-known studio. Uh, with obviously a very rich library, as does Warner Brothers. But, you know, in looking at this, you might be asking, well, why would Warner Brothers and Discovery want to get into a merger? Well, what this really boils down to is that, look, content is king, right? Um, and great content in either entertainment, media, or sports drives people to watch it. And the problem is, is that great content, specifically evergreen content that is not news or live sports, so content that could be rewatched, so to speak, because you're more likely to rewatch a movie or a television show than you are an old sports uh, you know, game or a news broadcast, yesterday's news and all that. And of course, you know the, the uh, result to a sports sort of match, and it's just, it, um, it, it doesn't take the life out of it because you can definitely watch highlights, but you wouldn't necessarily watch the whole game as opposed to a movie. So, you know, ultimately, as these libraries continue to grow, they need to find a permanent home. 
right? And uh, the storage has become an issue because of the expense to store, um, you know, that content. So the library continues to expand. So in recent weeks, um, we recently covered this topic where we were talking about how studios and streamers were moving away from exclusivity and into sort of distribution and licensing partnerships to help solve that issue. Uh, because, you know, ultimately they were looking to keep their content live, but needed to find other partners to stream it. And of course, the other part was that they wanted to have access to more people. Because, you know, when you're a streamer, you're only really accessing the people who have access to your um, to your platform through the paywall or what have you. Now, of course, a related dilemma to this is what we're talking about today in this podcast is um, Hollywood in terms of studios and streamers and um, what they're going to do as competition continues to get tougher. Meaning, you know, you have the Amazons and the Netflixes and the Disneys of the world that dominate subscriber numbers and views, right? There are a host of other major and mid-major studios and streamers that have strong brands that you would recognize them, but they have fewer subscribers and thus access to distribution. So clearly there is um, an access to people problem and there's a distribution problem, you know, so the sort of mergers of a Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount type is really about reaching people. It's about putting the content in front of different people. And of course, Warner Brothers on its own, with even with Discovery and, um, you know, and Paramount obviously on its own cannot compete with these sort of bigger groups. But combined, I think maybe they have a better shot and they get to combine their assets at the very least, even if um, they're not meaning to compete with those with those sort of big three, if you will. So, you know, ultimately, like as I was mentioning, these these major mid-major studios and streamers have strong brands. You would recognize them like Paramount and Warner Brothers, but they have fewer subscribers. And of course, um, Warner Brothers being the Max platform now, which used to be HBO Max, which is now Max. But you have fewer subscribers and thus access to distribution. So when you take a studio like Paramount with their streaming arm, Paramount Plus, where they have award-winning content, you know, arguably uh, when you're looking at some of their content like Yellowstone in 1923 and 1883 and Tulsa King, you know, these are um, very well-known and respected shows and award-winning shows, but they don't necessarily have the subscribers to reach um, folks um, with their content library. So they look at Warner Brothers Discovery as an ability to combine assets and put it on the platform. Now, whether ultimately because Paramount's such a strong name, clearly you would still keep that under, um, you would still keep, even if it was under the Warner Brothers Discovery um, title, you would still keep that as a, as a brand. So, but even with, um, you know, let's say Warner Brothers, you still have more subscribers on Max than you do on Paramount. But you combine those two and then, you know, you really do have a significant chunk of the market, not as much as the big three, but something to at least compete with. So, of course, when I'm looking at Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount as a partnership, as a merger, if you will, it's sort of really a match made in content heaven, right? Pun intended, that um, sort of projects the ability to add instant combined content and subscribers that help strengthen either company's position. And it also relieves uh, Paramount's debt, uh, which they have uh, a massive amount of debt from the launch of the Paramount Plus platform, which uh, was not as successful 
as I think they were hoping it uh, might be. And of course, it's nothing to do with Paramount. It's the fact that there's so much competition out there. So it is interesting because a company like Lionsgate, who what I would also put into this sort of mid-major category as a studio, also has a streaming arm in Stars, uh, which is uh, S-T-A-R-Z, which of course you may have seen before if you have an Amazon Prime account or if you know you had uh, any sort of cable packages in the day. Now, if you're looking at Lionsgate, they've sort of been looking for different opportunities and you may have noticed that they recently purchased uh, Hasbro and also Three Arts Entertainment, two studios with some additional content. Now that's going to move the needle a little bit, but ultimately I think what they're really looking to do is bring in a different investment dollars. And so they created this uh, special purpose acquisition company or SPAC for short, S-P-A-C, to essentially raise funds for investment into purchasing other studios. Uh, and then ultimately to sort of take that content and put it either on the Stars platform or ultimately to license Lionsgate's content somewhere else. But I think this also may be an opportunity to for Lionsgate or Stars to kind of flex a little bit in terms of to bring in more dollars to ultimately see where um, the market lies and whether Lionsgate could potentially be purchased or um, to have some more significant licensing deals. I don't think they're going to be in a place to create a new streamer, but that being said, you know, if they bring in the dollars to do it and they have enough content to put on the platform, you know, maybe that could be something to take a look at. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, really what's happening here is Lionsgate is a similar problem to Paramount is that they want to be able to reach more people. They want to be able to sell their content. And ultimately, you know, you have to do that through either a streamer or on sort of traditional cable, right? Now, of course, uh, as I mentioned, this SPAC could also be looking to attract investors for an outright purchase or a merger. There's no evidence of that other than the fact that, you know, ultimately they're looking to raise money. But I will say this, I think something that, uh, this is something that Amazon or Netflix might be considering, especially as they're looking to grow their libraries. And it also is notable that Amazon already has a licensing partnership with Stars. So if you go on Amazon Prime and you're watching movies, there's a there's a Stars sort of subscription you can add where uh, you can access all of the Stars content. Now it is interesting too because another significant caveat to this sort of current merger business, particularly with focus on Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount, is that both of those groups also carry news and uh, live sports programming. So TNT and CBS and CNN, these are all things that fall under uh, either Warner Brothers Discovery or Paramount. So you can imagine the merger of these two companies would be significant. Now, if it gets past the antitrust discussion, uh, which may be somewhat difficult because of the Warner Brothers Discovery merger that happened within the last year or so, or at least was completed within the last year, I may be wrong on the, the exact date, but I believe it's within the last year or year and a half. And uh, so ultimately, antitrust sort of thinking it might be an issue, but we'll sort of see how that plays out. Now, the result of a merger, as I mentioned, would mean that CBS and TNT, which are two very popular sports programs, and obviously CBS and CNN uh, from a news standpoint, uh, would be significant in terms of the advertising market. 
it'd be significant in terms of the National Basketball Association uh, for live sports because both of those um, both of those channels essentially you know have NBA content. And the question going forward would be, would they combine those brands or keep them separate? I think because these brands are so iconic and people know them, they probably keep them separate. But at least the fact that owning both of them would obviously, you know, fill their coffers. Um, so, and as I mentioned earlier, I think the fact that Warner Brothers and Discovery, uh, because they were the result of a recent merger, there might be some uh, complications there. Because I think the government's going to be looking at this. The antitrust lawyer is going to be looking at this, basically saying, is this a, a deal we should be, um, you know, essentially approving? So the last thing I kind of want to close with is this idea of the sort of role of artificial intelligence. You know, it, it's interesting because as sort of Hollywood unions have just signed their recent deals, with uh, WGA and SAG after signing on with the, um, um, with the motion picture folks, it's, it's sort of this idea of, you know, combined resources, you know, when you're looking to create content, I think AI could help maybe help to play a role, but of course you have the union issues, which are valid, you know, in the sense that people want to be able to work, that people want to have their dignity and be able to continue to create content, but AI could potentially play a role here in terms of, um, distributing that content, uh, coming up with ideas, you know, this sort of thing, using, using it as a tool. To me, AI, I think, is best when it's used in the sense of like analytics with baseball to where the best teams in, in sort of sports are the ones that find a way to combine AI with the mix of sort of general knowledge or general information, you know, things to where you're sitting back and you say, all right, I know that during the fifth inning, this pitcher will throw this pitch at this time on, you know, 90% of the time and the hitter will hit it to right field 80% of the time, you know, to, to, to sort of give an example. Well, AI can help in that way too, because you can have predictive models. Um, but again, it's not the end all be all. Sometimes it's a, a sort of feel thing. Sometimes it's a character thing. You know, when you're drafting players, you're sitting back and you're looking and you're saying, well, you know, ultimately I can draft this player, uh, but maybe there's some character issues there, right? So these are all things you have to consider. So AI will, AI will definitely play a role. And I think arguably the WGA and SAG-AFTRA were successful in their negotiations to help sort of um, manage AI from a standpoint that protected uh, the union and their members. But of course, look, as I mentioned, this all really comes down to combined resources, Um you know, and one thing to keep in mind as we were sort of talking about antitrust, and this may be on the minds of the antitrust government lawyers, is when you have combined resources, there's less leverage for the marketplace, right? And there's frankly fewer places to view content. So that means that some of these platforms can control where and what and how things happen. So it may be easier for you to access certain things, but obviously the control issue would be a problem. Um then again, on the other hand, there's this issue of fractionalization where you have basically streaming fatigue where people are looking at so many platforms trying to figure out um, sort of where to watch content and it's too expensive and this sort of thing. And this is where people get into sort of, you know, um, sharing passwords. Of course, they've had to come up with, you know, processes to sort of combat some of that. 
uh, or people just not watching the content and just following clips online on social or checking the scores. So, but I think ultimately people have shown that they do not want to access a bunch of platforms and they don't want to pay a bunch of fees. So I think if there's a, a platform or something that can occur to where there's sort of some combination or easy way to bundle those things together, I think it be uh, would be highly welcomed by uh, by the masses. So, you know, anyways, I think that um, this is such an interesting topic, at least it is for me, because, you know, ultimately the, you know, the sort of world runs on content, runs on news, right? And, and maybe that's not the best thing all the time, but uh, these platforms are in an interesting spot uh, in terms of how do they keep people's eyeballs on the content. And I think that the ways that they're doing that is through sort of distribution and licensing partnerships, through mergers and acquisitions, through special purpose acquisition companies and bringing in investment dollars, uh, combining iconic brands together, and then of course using AI to help reach people. So as always, folks, uh, appreciate you listening in. Uh, this has been episode 50 of season five. I am your host, Jeremy Evans. And uh, this is the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. As always, appreciate you listening in and making us the top-rated entertainment media and sports law podcast for the last three years. And we look forward to being back with you, either, as I mentioned, one more episode before 20, 2024, or I'll see you at the beginning of uh, 2024. But uh, wishing you uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And I look forward to being back with you uh, very soon. And this episode has been brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.